We're rolling. Look out. We got there. Sorry Woo! for holding you up. <laughs> it's okay. But now we can say with some assurance that the audio will be good. Great. Because a few of the international <laughs> ones have been a bit, uh, so this one should be fine. Oh, really? Oh, hopefully yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Nah. We've got, Tam's got like a full DJ setup that I'm staring at dials going, what do they do? So. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Welcome everybody to the STC Fit Learning Podcast. Um, I only kind of realized this morning it's International Women's Day. Yes. And we actually have some women on the show for once. Um, so we've kicked Jason out, <laughs> replaced him with Amy, and our special guest is Sammy Rose, uh, who's actually phoning in from New York at the moment, which is awesome, and I'm super jealous. Um, so welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. For both of you ladies, um, first time for you both, so welcome. Thanks. We'll see Thanks if we for can having get, me. I'm um, excited. We'll see if we can get Amy to talk more than Jason does when there's a guest on. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> Um, so obviously Sammy, uh, online coach, um, my inbox blew up when I announced that you were coming on the show. Everyone's pretty excited. Oh, bless. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe just to kick it off for anyone who doesn't maybe know who you are, um, just a quick wrap up of your story, your own training, your coaching and how you got to being on the world renowned STC fit learning podcast today. <laughs> Um, cool. All right. Well, I am Sammy. I'm a, a health and fitness coach. Um, I work predominantly online. Um, really quick backstory, I guess. Um, in my early 20s, I was fairly overweight for my height. I was about 75 kilos at like, what am I, 156 centimeters. So I was like a size 14, 16. Um, tried to kind of get on my own like health and fitness journey to lose a bit of weight, get a little bit healthier. Um, and throughout the process, I just fell in love with health and fitness. I got really involved in boot camps and um, like gym classes and stuff like that. So I wanted to get involved with running boot camps, which is how I kind of started my journey into becoming a PT um, with group fitness. And as I learned, I realized I did not know anything and need to keep learning and just kind of got this massive passion for like not only learning stuff to help myself but um in kind of seeing how improving my fitness levels made me feel I wanted to give that feeling to other people so um it kind of all just grew from there and I became a PT I worked in a studio um and now I am 100% online working for myself which is amazing um helping women all around the world which is so exciting and so cool and lets me work and travel and you know be in cool places like New York and still be able to keep up with my business so yeah, that is cool. how I got here today. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. It's funny, I don't think we've had a like group class. I don't know many group class teachers that have kind of gone from that into PT to go on and be successful. Like I know a few PTs that have gone the other way. It's like they try PT for a yeah. bit and it's like, oh, it's probably not what I want to do for a career. And they do um, the group stuff part time just to keep their foot yeah. in it. But Doing both. Yeah, yeah, yeah go and get like in in air quotes, like a, a real job. So that's cool to see someone <laughs> come from there in the other direction. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I just loved it. It was something that I really enjoyed being a participant of. Um, I think that was probably the biggest turning point in getting myself fitter was like joining a boot camp and just having that like community of women 
and having people that I had to show up for, you know, because people knew if I wasn't going to turn up. Um, so that was a really big step in me being like, okay, like I'm more accountable now. I'm going to these like boot camps three, four, five times a week. Um, and that really got me into a really good rhythm of like not only just like pushing myself to get there, but also feeling really supported. So I loved that kind of community vibe. And that was back in the day where like community um, uh, boot camps were still massive, whereas I feel like these days they're maybe not as big as they were in sort of like 2012, 2013 was part of the peak. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like that's kind of how I just got my foot in the door and I was like, this is fun for me. I want to be part of it and I want to start training other people. Um, and then, yeah, like I never even imagined I would be a PT, to be perfectly honest. Like I was happy doing boot camps and my mum was an aerobics instructor back in the day. So I was like, this is kind of cool. You know, we're kind of doing like the same thing. Um, but, yeah, like I just – I loved it and I was getting more and more um, – questions from people that wanted to work with me like one-on-one -on -one. um so that's why I sort of got into training people in a studio and then eventually online so it yeah. all just kind of escalated yeah that's really cool um so how we did get we put out to obviously to the um our followers and stuff just some to throw some questions out for you um and I did mention to you like what what you think is is different that you do that I guess isn't so common in the fitness industry. Um, and you mentioned mm -hmm. like straight away that it's more about body positivity and embracing um, how you currently look and trying to build on that as well. Um, so we did have a ton yeah. of questions. I feel like we can probably uh, just run off those and sure. fill plenty of time. Um, but one of, okay, the, great. one of the ones I had outside of that was um, what are, what do you find are the pros and cons of being an online only coach? Um, they are mostly pros to be honest. It's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty comfortable. Um, I love that I can travel and keep working for the most part. Um, yeah. or even just when I'm at home, I don't have to be at home working or like, I don't have to get up and go anywhere specific, but I can take my laptop and work at a friend's house or go to a cafe. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like, flexibility of location and fairly flexible hours like that's probably the biggest pros because um, I really determine you know what hours I want to work and I determine my own workload if I want to cap my clients at a smaller number to focus on other things for a little while I, I have that kind of control because it is my own business um, cons probably because my online business is tied so closely with my social media um, it kind of has become almost like a 24-hour job. <laughs> yeah. um, so it can probably be a little bit difficult in terms of work-life balance um, just because the nature of the world now is that everyone wants instant responses. Everyone has, you know, the internet at their fingertips and no one really switches off anymore. So um, I, I do find that probably to be the biggest con just in terms of like, I don't know when to switch off as well. So yeah. I'm constantly working late at night and I mean, it's not writing programs, but you know, I'll be chatting to clients till 10 PM if they have questions or if I'm not talking to clients, it's talking to people on direct messages on Instagram who might potentially be clients. So that's probably the, the trickiest one is just, um, you know, if your online business is tied to social media there is like 
an overflow from one to the other and you don't really have like a, a set working hour that you're like, I'm done because mm-hmm. it kind of never stops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's actually one of the, the same person asked a similar question as like, and this probably applies to you as well, Amy. Um, so for the, those of you that don't know, Jason and I don't run the STC fit social media because if you go on our social media, they suck. Um, so we have Amy run that for us. Um, and she does an amazing job. But I imagine that, like you said, that just that, particularly with the following that you have, like 24 hours, people in different countries, touching base all the time yeah. and expecting a certain time frame of, of response. How Do you have any strategies that like you use to manage that workload like do you have set times that you're like not nah, phones going on um night mode and oh, i'm not I, checking it i wish i did like if i'm to give someone else advice i would say yes like set boundaries yeah. have a switch off time have you know one phone free day a week where it's not a check-in day or anything like that that's definitely something that is part of my 2019 goal is to kind of get a little bit more downtime for myself but at the moment yeah i find it really hard only because I like to be there for my client. Yeah. I like them to know that if they send me a message, they usually will get a reply within a few hours. Um, and, you know, I enjoy getting back to people on direct messages and having conversations with people if they have questions. Um, so it, it's like a double-edged sword because I, I want to give the best service I can or I want to answer as many questions as I can. So for me, like, I probably could switch off, but I just I'm in the habit now of just – going until I fall asleep and then I wake up and the first thing I do is I check my Facebook messages from clients and then I check my direct messages yeah. on Instagram. So, um, you know, to anyone listening that is struggling with it, I think just like set your boundaries from the beginning. Um, yeah. I didn't do that. And I think that's why I've kind of like cornered myself a little bit because I've like created these habits that aren't the healthiest. Um, so yeah, I kind of want to get into a routine of having like a switch off time at say, you know, 8pm. I don't answer anything after that um and potentially like a whole day a week um if i can where i don't use my phone would be really really nice <laughs> but do yeah have, i struggle do you have I, I need to get amy, better that, sorry do amy do you have anything that you like i was just gonna say planned? perhaps do you feel that pressure through going through your dms that you do feel with the the clients that you have say through facebook messenger do you feel the same pressure to have a look through all your dms and answer questions that are coming through there or because they're not clients is it a bit less pressure for you um it's pressure that I put on myself like I don't think I don't think that people sending the questions whether it's clients or whether it's followers I don't think they expect an urgent reply as such but I think like I want to do it like I feel like I just want to get back to them as quickly as possible to offer a really good service or to be really involved and really engaged with my followers. So, um, yeah, I mean, like replying to DMs is really important to me, I think, because I know how I feel if I reach out to someone that I look up to and I ask them a question and I get a reply, that's a really nice feeling, you know, to be on the other end and to know that they have given their time to me to answer a question. So I want to give that to other people if they have genuine questions or if they just want to chat or if they're just replying to a story of mine, you know, I try and reply to every single DM, unless they're just some random guy saying, Hey, you look <laughs> yeah. really hot. Like those, <laughs> those get declined, but you know, any, any genuine question. Um, yeah. I try and get back to them as, as soon as I can only because if I don't, 
they tend to pile up. Like it's pretty common that I wake up to 30 to 50 DMs in the morning. Um, But I I prioritize my clients, obviously. So they always get replied to first. Um, But then, you know, if I'm like walking somewhere or I'm on the treadmill doing some steps, like that's kind of when I get through all of my DMs just so that I can make sure that I am engaging with people. Like if people take the time out to ask me a question, I want to take the time to answer them because – you know, I, I like to be here to help people and that's also a potential client down the track. So I want to show them that I care. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So coming back, um, maybe now more to like your, your message and what you're trying to achieve, um, with your own clients, whether it's deliberate or not, I think it's actually at least locally starting to make an effect industry speaking as wise. Maybe it reflects a trend in the industry, but definitely there is this movement of um it's hard to not go like too hippie with it but like self-love and um all that kind of stuff is starting to become more vocal and i think you're probably a big leader of that at least in australia if not worldwide so that's really cool how (laughs) like why why do you find yourself to that you've atoned to that message so much and that's what you're trying to get across? Um, I would say it's more just that is just the path that my life has kind of taken. Um, It definitely wasn't intentional um, and it's not something that I really like think about, like portraying a specific message. I just kind of speak from the heart as often as I can and coming from my journey of, being a little bit more overweight to competing for two years straight and being tiny, tiny. I was like 49.9 kilos, I think, um, was my like stage weight for my last season at least. Um, So I was just this tiny little bobblehead and I still, I didn't, you know, I had the same, um, you know, I was paranoid. I didn't think I looked great. I wasn't overly confident. Um, So I've been at kind of both ends of the spectrum and, my body was completely different, but my feelings were still the same. And so for me, experiencing that and then now like falling into the middle and realizing like it actually isn't about how I look, but it's about how I feel, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk through that um, more as like a, I kind of treat Instagram almost like a diary entry, like a bit of therapy. I just like to just word vomit and get my feelings out. Um, So as I was kind of gaining weight, post-show um, and trying to get more confident with my body. I, I definitely struggled. Um, it was definitely like a bit of a fake it till you make it initially. Like I, I wasn't 100% comfortable in being 15 kilos heavier than I was, you know, six months before that. Um, but I really like made a conscious effort to embrace it. Um, and just through talking about that, I guess that's kind of where the direction of my social media ended up going. Um, so it definitely wasn't like a I'm going to start talking about body positivity. It's just, here's my journey of being more comfortable in my body and realizing there's so much more to life than dieting and trying to be skinny. Um, And the way that I feel about myself now, I feel so much more empowered in my body and I feel so much happier with my life when I'm not concentrating on being so thin. Um, You know, I think that that has had a really positive effect on other people and it had some really good feedback and, you know, people reached out and said, hey, I love this message. I actually really needed to hear this. Um, so I just kind of kept going and kept talking about it more. So it's never really like a strategy as such. Um, but I think it's really nice that 
more people are kind of heading in this direction and we are definitely shying away from where a few years ago it was everyone wanted to be ridiculously lean. Um, I think there is definitely a shift in the fitness industry to more of a holistic approach and more about it actually being a lifestyle and it actually being sustainable and it being enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's nice to see the shift. It's nice to be a part of it, I guess. I wouldn't say I'm like a leader as such in that area. I'm definitely not the first person to talk about it. Um, but I, I think it's, it's a nice message to get across and it's definitely helping a lot more people than when I was on the Stairmaster for two hours a day. That was really not helping anyone. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I feel like we're kind of in a space at the moment and we actually did an episode um, mid last year about like the Cosmo um, – they put an obese cover model um, on their cover. And oh, we were kind yeah. Of like, All right, have we swung? Cool, we've got, we're not Too talking far. about yeah. let's get absolutely peeled, but now we're kind of saying that morbidly obese is good. Um, and, yeah. and discussing like, well, self love maybe should actually reflect, like you said, how do you feel? How do you performing? Um, how comfortable are you? How healthy are you? All those types of things. Do you feel like that there's both ends of the spectrum? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it matters most how you feel and how you live your life, regardless of how your body looks. Um, there was a quote, I'm just trying to remember it actually. It was a quote that I, I quoted in my last Get It Girl event. Um, I think it's something about like your best weight is the weight that you are when you're living the healthiest life that you actually enjoy. Yeah. So. I kind of feel like the way you look should be more of a byproduct of you living your best life more so than it's like the goal is to change your life to look that way for your body. Um, so, you know, there are people that are very lean but that are perfectly, perfectly healthy and they're doing things the right way and that's cool. If they want to be lean and they're doing it in a healthy way and they're happy, that's great. And there are people that are overweight that, are also healthy and they're just happier being bigger. And I, I don't think it needs to exactly be about your body. Um, I think it's more so just like, are you healthy? Are you genuinely happy? You know, if, if it's an obese person and they're still eating healthy food and they're still like, you know, walking or getting active and their, their heart health is in a good place. Like um, for the most part, like I just think that people should just be able to look however they want to. And it's more so about how you, feel um it's just it is kind of like a difficult one though when you're also in um a business where most people come to you for fat loss and then to be talking about you know be comfortable in the skin that you're in and I think it's um it can be a little bit difficult being in the fitness industry and then having this message at the same time so I kind of just more so use this as a platform to educate my clients on doing things the right way and, you know, not obsessing about the scales and um, focusing on more like non-scale victories and stuff like that. So I think, um, yeah, bodies for the most part should be more so the byproduct of your chosen lifestyle and that that should be the indicator of what's healthy. And if you absolutely love yourself as you are, it doesn't matter how you look, it's more about how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, like you said, you're training people to get in great shape, but at the same time trying to teach them to embrace how they are now. Um, What I found, it kind of works. Uh, Obviously, it's always a bit of education and takes some time, but like learning to, um, if you're, the way I frame it to my girls is basically if you're 
emotions are attached to your body fat percentage, then we have a disconnection here. Um, we should Absolutely. be doing this out of, so I take girls to, we've got FBME coming up, which is like a um, half modeling, half fitness comp, um, powerlifting and that kind of stuff as well. So it's like, cool, we're going to get you lean and that's, but it's like a physical outcome. It's a sporting pursuit. It's not about if you're going to, if you're aiming to, I'll feel better when, or I'll like myself better when, then it's like, well, well yeah. we, we need yeah. to, that's not the right reason to go down that path. Yeah, absolutely. I think that particular mindset that I will be happier when I hit this weight, that's, that's the angle that I want to eliminate. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think like a lot of people use that as their motivation. And that was something that I felt, um, you know, I always was a little bit chubbier than my friends. And I always was like, they're so confident. Like, I don't know how they're like that. I'm going to be like that when I'm leaner. Like when I have this bikini body that I always wanted, I'm going to be happier. I'm going to be more confident. Um, and like, getting to that point or like way past that point and having ridiculous abs and still not feeling that confidence. Like that's where I really realized like it's, it doesn't work that way and you have to be kind of happy with who you are as a person. Um, so even though like, yes, obviously I work with people who are dieting and who are training to change their physique. Um, but I think implementing like mindset tasks throughout the way is really important to kind of take that pressure off hitting a certain weight or anything like that and yeah really channeling like for example strength improvements and things like that so it's like you're focusing on the effort and you're focusing on who you are as a person and if your body changes to the direction that you want it to go cool but let's focus on other ways to be happy and healthy as you are along the way um because i think that's really important um to kind of um change people's mindset around using like that as fuel to lose weight um because if you're not happy with who you are as a person now and if your lifestyle isn't great it's going to be exactly the same no matter how you look yeah um so you kind of need to address the things that are making you unhappy to begin with if not worse right because i think once you start making progress you get even more critical yeah well i i definitely i think the most critical that I was ever of my body was when I was competing that was when I picked myself apart more than ever so I was like okay this is not for me yeah yeah Yeah. Amy what are your experiences with like around this subject whether this be with clients or yourself yeah where you have this disconnection of it would have been really similar to Sammy so I don't think I would have I would be where I am now with confident you know good body image if I hadn't got pretty lean and figured out that it didn't make me feel better about myself either. So I had the, a really similar yeah. experience that um, it took me to get where I thought I wanted to be to realize this sucks. <laughs> like I don't feel better. Yeah. My relationship was shit. Yeah. Everything was crap. And um, yeah, it took that realization there for me to get to a place of being more confident. And I think with the girls that I have today, you know, they might start on a journey of wanting to be super shredded we get them in amazing shape and then their focus just changes. It's yeah. like, well, I want to be stronger. I, I want to do this or, you know, I just love the way I feel. And then they don't want to get, yes. it. like they don't want to get super peeled anymore. It just goes. Yeah. yeah. I find that a lot actually. And I think we would probably coach in a really similar way because we've had a really similar experience ourselves um, where we do tend to really try and shift that narrative away from like, 
trying to be super lean and instead it's like, yeah, what are your strength goals? Um, how do you feel about now you are making better food choices? You have a better relationship with food. You know, all those other things that you can celebrate that actually make the client feel so fucking good about what they're doing that they want to do it because that's what makes them feel good. Mm. And it's not necessarily the body that makes them feel good, but it's the actions and the effort and the positive energy that they're actually channeling into bettering themselves. Like that's what's really empowering. So yeah, I think that would be really similar for both of us yeah. in the way we coach. I think it's so hard to sell that though, right, isn't yeah. it? And I think like as an industry, like it's all about how much weight you can lose in this time, how much, how, look how shredded my client got in this time frame and stuff. Um, and it, there's not enough people talking about like all those wins that you just said. It's like clients almost a brainwash that, well, that doesn't matter unless I'm peeled. And it's like, it does. It's, it's yeah. all that stuff's still important. Um, how, how do you go about like with your social media stuff, trying to, obviously you still want to run a business and increase following and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. By promoting, like you said, people are still coming to you for fat loss, but you're trying to yeah. promote, well, yeah, fat loss is good, but let's work at it from these areas. How do you go about communicating that through your social media stuff? It's really difficult because obviously the client photos that garner the most attention are the ones that have drastic physical changes. So uh, it can be a really fine line just because of like the nature of the business and you know that's just what people pay more attention to and that's what gets all the likes and that gets people sending me DMs. Um, but yeah, I just try and like I really make sure that in the captions I highlight you know, the lowest that their calories ever got was, you know, 16 or 1700 calories, that it wasn't anything restrictive, um, you know, all of those kinds of things to not just show the before and after image, but to show like all of the lifestyle factors that were improved. So if the client has, um, you know, really big strength improvements, like I'll try and list that in the caption or, you know, if they've improved their relationship with food or their, you know, whatever it may be, like I try and incorporate that into the caption just so that people don't just see, this is the weight that's lost and that's it because that's not what I celebrate. At the end of the day, I care more about the way that people feel and and the improvements that they've made within themselves. Um, It's just like you can't really show a picture of that. So it is a little bit difficult marketing-wise, but I guess um, I have like a lot of my clients put a lot of their stuff out on social media. Like I'm just really lucky that I have a pretty good group that are quite vocal on social media so I get a lot of clients through them following my current clients and seeing them seeing how they talk about themselves and how they talk about their journey um and that it isn't just about the weight loss so it's a little bit difficult to market it as such um so I just try and more like talk about it and try and like get across the message of like this is the way I do things I don't do anything restrictive I rarely give anyone cardio maybe like just once or twice a week just for heart health um and, you know, I try and just push the messages of, you know, the healthy way that I do things and celebrate the the good ways that people have improved their lives. Um, but, yeah, it can be hard because I don't – I don't think if I didn't – like if I didn't show those before and after photos, I think it would be really difficult to get new clients and to get attention. Um, but I kind of use the photos as like an, an eye-catching, get people to stop scrolling, and then it's underneath is like these are all the other ways that we've celebrated these wins. Yeah, yeah, it's it's about educating once you have that attention, right? 
Yeah, and I mean, most people are probably still going to come to me for fat loss and that's perfectly fine. Like I don't, just because I'm all about body positivity doesn't mean that I'm against fat loss as such. You know, if people want to lose a couple of kilos, like that's perfectly fine. Um, But it's more so just what are your reasons? Like why do you want to do it? Are you doing it for you or are you doing it because you think you need to look this way to be more popular or whatever it is? Okay, like whatever your motives are, like let's also tackle it in a holistic way and let's work on your mindset and um you know i give them tasks around like self-confidence um and just like hyping them up um i think that's kind of what really helps a lot of clients just to have that one-on-one contact and to be like yes you actually did so well like i don't give a fuck that the scales didn't move this week because you gave me 10 out of 10s on everything this week you drank more water this week you know you got your steps in like how do you feel like let's not even think about the scales but how do you feel this week Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, I feel great. I feel so much better. I'm really proud of myself that I made really good choices and I am really energetic because I made sure I ate enough like nutrients. Like that's kind of the way that I change the conversation once they're on board. So it's more just like you can't really like package that and label that and display that in a marketing kind of way. <laughs> it yeah. can be a little bit difficult, but I just I think like just trying to put the message out there myself as well kind of gets people to understand a little bit more about the way that I coach to begin with. So, yeah. And I think that taking that approach is going to get results too. And sustainable results. Yeah. And then people see that your clients have maintained and that they're still really happy a year, two years down the track. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's what I'm here for and that's the exact reason why. So I've been running eight-week challenges for years and the next one that I've got coming up, I've actually renamed it and it's not going to be called a challenge anymore. It's going to be called an improvement project. Um, and I think just changing the wording around that kind of gives people a little bit a better idea of that this isn't just for the eight weeks. It's a little bit of a Kickstarter, but it's it's about you working on yourself, putting your time into this project of improving yourself um, through various different factors. So not just about trying to lose weight, um, but, you know, tackling it from every angle, working on your stress management, working on your sleep, you know, everything that makes you healthier and happier in the long run. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to change the wording around the way that I market things, I guess, just to try and convey the message a little bit more about that. It's not just like a weight loss challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cool. So maybe moving into some actionable stuff, um, for the listeners, like, mm-hmm. and I'll throw, actually throw this open to both of you. We'll start with you, Sammy. It's just like how, if someone's trapped in that smaller and leaner is better mindset, what advice would you be giving them to start to move towards be it feeling better or strength goals or what, like, what are you advice are you giving them to shift? Um, it's a really hard one because to be honest, and this would probably be the same for Amy. Like I think, hitting that point of getting really lean and seeing that it didn't make me happy and that my life actually fell to shit because Mm. I was doing everything to be lean. Like that was like the rude awakening that I needed to change my mindset. So, you know, I don't exactly want people to do that just to hit rock bottom to come back out the other side. So it can be a little bit hard because, you know, it was a personal journey for me. Um, But I guess like see how other people are living their lives that aren't potentially you know super shredded like for me I always worried that um 
if I gained weight, I would lose my following um, and that I would not be able to run a successful coaching business if I gained weight. And they were really big fears of mine that were really like limiting to me because I felt like I was stuck in this cycle of like, I need to stay lean because people only follow me because I have abs and people only want to be coached by me so that they look by me. And I told myself that because that's what we're kind of conditioned you know, in society to feel like that's, you know, thinner is better is what we've kind of all grown up feeling. Um, but experiencing that my business is actually thriving now and my social media is still growing, like me getting through that and going, oh, I actually am doing fine. Like that was a really big example to me of like thinner is not better. Like it's about the person that I am. It's about the coach that I am. You know, people follow me on social media because I have a message and I have a passion um, and you know, my relationships are better now because I'm not like, sorry, can't, can't come to your birthday because I need to stick to my macros. You know, all of those things for me was such a big, like, wow, like I was living my life just to be thinner because I thought it was going to be better. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, I mean, I got people commenting on my photos saying I was goals, but like that didn't make me happy. I still was self-conscious. Um, whereas now, you know, my life as a whole is so much better. My body might not look as lean as I would love it to be. Like, I'm not going to lie and say like, I'm exactly happy, perfectly as I am. You know, I would love to be a few kilos leaner, but I'm not, my life is so good as it is now that like, I don't want to prioritize being leaner if it comes at the cost of the things that I love in my life. So I don't know. It's really hard. I don't, I don't know if I have like an exact like tip on changing your mindset as such, but it's more so just focusing, I guess, on the things that are unique and special about you and the things that you love about your life. And if you can't think of things that you love about your life that make you great, well, being skinny is not going to be that one thing, you know, there's, there's good things about everyone. And that's where you really need to get a little bit like introspective and go, okay, why is it that I'm unhappy with my weight? Obviously, like weight can be one thing, but is it, you know, are there other aspects in your life that you can be doing better to feel better about yourself? Is it, you know, can you manage your stress levels better? Do you have anxiety that you need to be speaking to someone about? Um, I think there's a lot of other ways to get more confident that have nothing to do with your body. And, you know, if you still want to lose a little bit of weight, that's perfectly okay, but it's more so the reasons behind it and not just believing that, being x weight is going to make you happy it's not it's just going to make you x weight yeah that's it yeah what about for you amy did you have, Did you have the same well, yeah it was it was really similar to what you were saying before sammy having a coach that can help with the mindset shift so focusing or providing positive feedback on other areas they've never thought to think they're scoring goals in so like sleep and stress yeah. and social life and how do they feel when they wake up in the morning and having a coach go you know, well, how did you feel? How was your energy? How was, and they're like, oh, actually, these things do yes. matter. And these things are awesome. Hey, and I look awesome and I'm getting stronger. And so I think it's, I think for the people who actually do get down the path of having a coach who helps them with the mindset shifts, I think they shift out of that. I think it can be really hard when you're potentially just doing this on your own and you're like, oh, I've got to lose X amount of weight. And you don't have anyone to shine a light on the other things that are really important. But I think sometimes, you know, having a coach with that sort of outside perspective that can get that person to go, oh, hey, there's other things too that make me feel really good about myself. So I think, I think that has a big impact. Just having that outside person to say, hey, 
you're killing it in all these areas yeah. and it just changes things i think yeah, yeah. i think um, yeah for sure for myself it's more um maybe this is the meathead coming out of me but it's more like um <laughs> just a logical way of thinking about just presenting it in a logical way is like such a male thing to say sorry Um, such a boy but it's like okay um and i've had girls come in for consultations and it's like when's the last time you had your period and they're just like uh how did you know i'm like because you don't eat so like i can tell that that's probably not going to be working um so it's going into that stuff so like like hair skin nails cycle moods sleep patterns um Mm. progress in the gym what are they all like and that usually that's like oh okay so that's kind of that's going to be a bit ugly and then when i'm working with girls maybe that are starting to get to the point where it's like all right all those foundations are there now like you understand how to eat your sleep's good you're training well you're strong and then they raise that all right i want to look like this level of body fat hashtag insta celebrity photo um it's like all right that's fine but what i need you to understand is if we go down that road here's the consequences of that it's like here's what you're going to be eating. Yeah. here's yeah. what's going to be required in terms of training here's how you're going to feel it's going to be a temporary thing and we're going to need to have an exit plan on the other side of it and you need to be comfortable with how you look now because how you look now is probably really really healthy for you and nice and maintainable and pretty straightforward for you to keep um so we're actually going to end up back at this point and we're going to go through this path to get there if you tick all those boxes then sweet i'm happy to take you through that um but if you're just unhappy with what's going on right now you need to probably understand that over the six months so three months dieting three months coming back out you're probably going to end up around similar type of of area did you go into competing yeah. thinking that you were potentially going to be able to maintain a really lean physique? Like, did you go into it thinking? A hundred percent. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, and, you know, when I, I started competing, like my, I started prepping in 2014. So like that was kind of before it was all over social media. You know, there were people, I'm not going to say I was one of the first people to compete, but like there was not a lot of people documenting their journeys at the time and they definitely weren't talking about post-show blowouts. Yeah. Like I'd never heard of it. I didn't know it was a thing. Um, and I was like, this is a really cool way to push my body and yeah. see how amazing I can look and I wonder if I can get abs. And I thought this was like this cool way of like I'm going to look like fucking Lauren Simpson. Like I just – I didn't understand the concept of that it wasn't, like, a forever thing. Um, so that was a really rude shock. And I think a lot of people probably approach um, competing in the same way and don't realise that you can't look like that or they think, oh, like, you know, I'll, I'll gain a couple of kilos back because that's healthy, but I'll kind of stay, like, two kilos above stage weight. Like, that's not <laughs> – yeah. that's not healthy. Like, that level of body fat is not healthy. Um so, yeah, I think, yeah, people go into it with very um, warped perceptions of what they're going to come out looking like, which can be tough. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, same, similar, like, kind of vein. Do you, like I just mentioned there in terms of that's almost a checklist for me to have someone, whether I don't really have many competitors, but, like, photo shoots and, um, like, the FBME comp that we've got, there's kind of like a checklist of 
we need all these ducks in a row before we go down that path. Um, do you still yeah. have people that want to get like into maybe if we refer to it as like um, suboptimal body fat le- levels, like getting peeled um, is still an outcome? And do you still work with those individuals? And do you have stuff set up around that to make sure it's as mentally healthy um, as possible? Most clients don't come to me for that, which I think is great. I think just the way that I market myself, people don't yeah. expect that from me. Um, and I do attract more of a clientele that wants to just be healthier and improve their relationship with food and, you know, gain the confidence and all of that stuff while they lose weight, if that's what their goal is. But not many people will send me a reference photo of someone that is like ridiculously lean. Um, it is definitely less than when I looked that way myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do have a couple of clients that compete. I've got, I'll have two in season A and two in season B. That's all I take. Um, and they're all long-term clients. Um, and I, I mean, I don't want to be a comp coach, to be honest. Like I'm not even about that world anymore and I don't want to be involved. But um, when it's long-term clients that have worked with me for a long time and they're like, okay, you know, this is the next step for me. This is, you know, a challenge that I would like to do, um, you know, and if they don't want to go to another coach, then of course I'm going to help guide them through in the healthiest way possible. Um, so for me, before we even talk about that, we say, okay, we're going to set a 12-month goal. Mm-hmm. If you want to compete, we need 12 months. We need six or seven months to build and then like five to six months to cut. And you need to be okay with this time frame. If you want a shorter time frame, cool, but you're going to need to be coached by someone else because I'm not going to cut the corners. Yeah. Um, they need to show me in that building phase that they can get 10 out of 10 with their macros all week, that they can be consistent, that they're not going to blow out on the weekends and go for a crazy cheap meal. Like they're going to, you know, moderate it and keep on track um, and keep their head in a healthy space. So I kind of use that long term before I even get them into the dieting phase, which is obviously the toughest phase. Um, You know, I make sure that they have set up all their habits, um, that they are, you know, consistent with the gym, that they know what ups and downs come with the process um, and that I've worked with them long enough as well to know what their behaviors are, what their triggers are, what their, um, how their mindset fluctuates, how their body responds to certain things. So I think like for me, I only will coach someone to that level of leanness if I know exactly how I can do it and I'm comfortable with this is what it's going to take. Um, but, you know, I don't really enjoy the pointy end of it where I do have to have people doing, you know, cardio and going to bed a little bit hungry. I was really fortunate though. Like the, the girls that I have prepped so far, I think the lowest their calories got was like maybe 1600 or 1550 in peak week, for example, like, yeah nothing crazy because I just, I won't do it. And that is kind of one of the terms that I put out there as well as I don't feel comfortable going any lower than that. And if you're not going to be ready on those calories, I'm going to pull you out of the show because I don't want to fuck you in the process and have you on a thousand calories and two hours of cardio a day. Like what I was doing because I know that I was fucked from it. Um, So I think just like kind of laying those ground rules from myself in the beginning kind of gets people to understand that um, they need to kind of stick with things as best as possible and and follow the plan. And if the plan goes to plan, then we should be able to do it in a really healthy way. But, um, yeah, it's not very common that people come to me for 
that um, and even new client approaches me asking them to prep them, I say no and I send them on to someone else because it's just, it's not my thing. I don't like it. Um, yeah. I'll kind of only do it if I've worked with someone for a really long time and I know that their head's in a good place. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That was actually my experience. So Sammy had coached me ages and ages ago um, for like, I think we did it like in eight weeks or something. And then it maybe it was a year yeah. or so later I came back and I said to you, hey, Sammy, can you prep me for a comp? And you were like, you know what? I could help you, you know, track your macros or whatnot, but I'm not a comp prep coach. So I think you're best off with someone else. So 100% exactly what you just yeah. said was yeah. our experience together. Yeah. And props to be able yeah. to say that too. Like there's a lot of... Um, fear in the fitness industry that like you have to take everyone you have to service everyone it's like no just do do what you're good at and do it really well and yeah you'll succeed and your clients your client success rate will be better and your client that you turn away like amy for example i'm sure you value that response more now um, than if like you'd have done it and kind of been like half-hearted about it and not super invested. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, I mean, I like to stay in my lane. I know what I'm really good at. I know the yeah. kind of client that I want to attract. Um, and I'm pretty lucky that I tend to get for the most part, the same kind of client, the client that just is a little bit lost and just needs a bit of tightening up in terms of learning how to train better. Maybe it's training less and being a little bit more balanced in that way. And, you know, working on, they feel like they're having trouble controlling their eating and maybe they're like overeating a bit too much on the weekends and they want to learn to be more flexible. You know, they're the kind of clients that I, I tend to attract um, and they're the kind of clients that I enjoy working with because for me, I, I want to teach balance more than I want to teach weight loss because I know for me that's what made me the happiest is learning to have a night off from tracking and go to sushi for dinner and go home and leave it at that because <laughs> there were times where I honestly I went and saw a psychologist and I said to her I don't know how to eat like a normal person I don't know how to just go out for dinner and be okay with not counting my calories or not eating an entire tub of ice cream and the entire contents of my pantry afterwards yeah. like I literally couldn't do it yeah. I didn't know how to um, after competing and restricting for so long. And like literally that was the phrase, like I don't know how to eat like a normal person. Yeah. Um, and I think like a lot of people have a lot of that guilt around eating and stuff like that. So that's the kind of message and the kind of thing that I enjoy teaching. Uh, obviously I can't work with eating disorders or anything like that, but you know, for the most part, I think like a lot of people have issues around like guilt with eating or um, over restriction or over training even just because we've just been conditioned as society to always do more always grind harder you know that's what you've seen on social media for the last few years and so yeah I kind of that's the kind of client I tend to stick with because I know I'm good at it and I know that that makes me feel really good to make those positive changes whereas like it doesn't make me feel really good to diet someone down and make them do cardio that. and you know, <laughs> I don't I don't enjoy like you yeah. know I love my clients and and that's why I only take on a few of like the really special ones that want to compete um, but yeah I'm gonna leave that for someone else <laughs> yeah. yeah um so one other question we did get was again this would be for both of you um we haven't got it so much yet on the socials. Maybe as our following grows, we'll get more and more of it. 
Um, we do have some interesting comments when we post some stuff from the podcast that people don't really like. Um, but just the, obviously, primarily it's going to be female follower base, female client base, um, even through competing and stuff like that. Um, there's going to be an inherent level of bitchiness that's involved with that demographic all the time. Um, how have you dealt with it? How do you manage it? Um, how do you kind of, yeah, deal with that aspect, whether it be through social media? Um, I don't know if I would call it like bitchiness as such. Um, but you know, I've had my fair share of negative comments on social media. (laughs) Um, and it can be tough. It really can. Um, you know, sometimes it is someone that is just jealous and just wants to hate because they're having a really shitty day. Um, and sometimes it's constructive criticism that I maybe don't take the right way initially, but maybe it's something that I actually really need to hear. Um, and sometimes people are just assholes and just <laughs> want to ruin your day. Um, you know, there have been times where I've literally, like, woken up to, like, spam of someone like one time, I think I told you yeah. about this, Amy, when yeah. it happened at the time. I think we talked about it. And there was like this guy that made like five, I mean, I assume it was a guy. It could have been anyone. Um, made like four or five different profiles telling me I was a slut and he was going to stomp on my head. Like there was just, just it was Jesus. ridiculous. It was like the most horrific, like abusive messages. Like this is awful that it happens, but I've, I've kind of developed a, a slightly thicker skin um, that I can brush off. When it's, like, trolling comments like that, I don't care because I'm, like, you don't know me. You're a dickhead. Like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Like, it doesn't bother me as much as when it's someone that, you know, really hits me hard. Like, um, actually, I remember there was a comment uh, when I was on a previous U.S. trip, actually. I remember um, it was probably, like, 18 months ago, and I would posted a story, and I was, like, you know, going to Whole Foods, like I'm being really healthy. I'm determined to come back from this trip not having gained weight or something like that. Like I wanted to maintain where I was at. Um, and someone like direct messaged me and was like, I can't believe you're obsessing about your weight so much. You're supposed to be about body positivity. Like you're obviously full of shit. You still care so much how you look and rah, rah, rah. And that really upset me, um, not because she was right, but just because – uh, like that made me worry about like how many other people are thinking that, yeah. you know, and it, I was like, shit, am I putting out the wrong message? You know, and then that kind of upset me. So like anytime I've had like kind of negative feedback in that regard, I think it, first it just kind of makes me check myself and be like, okay, is this just someone that is just having a shitty day and I need to just get over it? Or is this something that someone is trying to be constructive about and they're just maybe being a dick about it? But is (laughs) there something positive that I can take from this conversation? Maybe have I just worded something badly and I'm just taking it the wrong way because I'm defensive? Um, So, you know, sometimes really good things can come out of that. Not that I'm encouraging anyone to send bitchy messages, but, you know, there are things that I guess like I have learned from receiving those comments that I'm like now more mindful of the way that I word things or about the topic that I talk about. Um, but yeah, for the most part, look at the end of the day, um, people can just be really mean because the internet is an almost anonymous place, especially if you make a fake profile and want to just rip someone to shreds. But that is just part of 
having a social media following, I guess. Um, and I really don't get it as badly as some other people do. I don't know if you guys follow um, Madeline Georgetta, but she's like a, she was a Gymshark athlete. I think she's with Rideaway now. Um, she's a really nice girl and she gets a lot of hate on every single video that she posts. People are like ripping her form to shreds, but just like in a really mean way. And I was like, I don't know how she deals with that. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, you, I don't get anything to that level. Once you get a K after your followers, it's like, you're no longer a person. Yeah. So it seems to be like yeah. the social media approach. It's like, oh, they're like super successful. So I can say whatever the fuck I want. It's like, no, <laughs> they're still a <Yeah>. human. <laughs> I don't understand why people do it, you know? And sometimes like, some of the mean comments I've gotten, I'm just like, where did this come from? Like, dude, you don't even know me. Like, it's crazy. Like, people just think that it's okay to just attack you just because you have a following or whatever it is. Or even if you don't have a following, sometimes people just want to say mean things. Um, so, like, developing a thick skin, if you want to grow a social media following, like, you need to learn to brush it off um, or just block them if they're being really rude. Like, I don't like to block people often, but if someone's like persistently leaving mean messages or like won't stop direct messaging me about the same thing and I'm like, I'm going to block you if you don't stop harassing me and I just block them and like leave it at that. Um, but it, it's kind of sad that people can be so mean because there are other people that are more fragile than me or, you know, young girls that would get these kind of comments that take it to heart and, you know, that can be really detrimental to someone's mental health. But yeah um it's just it's just the part of social media that is a really big con yeah it's a hard space at the moment too because like and i'm sure you're aware of like the um recent the britney dawn saga and then the ashy bond stuff and it's like there needs to (laughs) be (laughs) i know like she's my (laughs) favorite there needs to be an element of calling out bullshit when you see it but walking the line of uh i guess like like i said just because they've got a k after their followers a number doesn't mean they're not a person um but yeah we still need i don't to think like anyone say well this actually is crap and this person's ripping everyone off um to improve the industry and like it be as small as maybe the STC fit circle is, I still consider myself an educator within that space. And it's like, as part of that, yeah. I take responsibility to say, look guys, this is crap. <laughs> um, don't get sucked into this and put that out. And that's why we do this stuff to give people decent information. Um, so it's walking that line of something that you, you disagree with or you, you feel isn't right and sharing that and making people aware of it and not crossing the line of just being a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone deserves death threats and that, yeah. you know, yeah. Brittany Dawn has been getting a lot of death threats apparently. Um, and Ashley Bynes has said before that she gets them and, you know, I called out Ashley Bynes recently um, and I tagged her in it so that she had the opportunity to reply, but she chose not to. Me too. Um, and I know that she saw, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and I know that she saw my post because she messaged other people who shared it, um, but, you know, she didn't want to comment on mine and that's totally fine. But I didn't want to attack her as a person. I just wanted to attack the stupid thing that she was doing that was really detrimental to people's mental health. Um, 
So, you know, I wanted to tackle the issue and not attack the person. Um, and I, I hope that it came across in that way because um, I know I can get really worked up <laughs> at times and I'm, like, holding myself back because I'm, like, I don't want to be a bitch about this, but this is fucked, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it can be hard because it's, like, I've been on the other end of, you know, criticism, uh, not from that level of obviously like people making posts about me, but, you know, I think to some degree like criticism in that way of like, hey, this thing that you're doing is actually really unhealthy or it's a really bad message or whatever it is. I think that's perfectly okay to do if it's if it's helpful to people and if it's not attacking someone as a person. Because, yeah. um, you know, I have nothing against Ashy Lines. Like I used to follow her programs i've met her several times i actually used to work for her they were the boot camps that i used to work for yeah right. um nothing against her as a person just she makes some really bad business decisions that i think are guided by certain people that are kind of stupid yeah um but nothing against her you know so i do it, it's hard <laughs> no. I, I, <laughs> I fixed i fixed too many uh post ashley blinds people to not have a problem with her but that's <laughs> yeah i mean I, I have a problem with the way that things are done and i yeah. just i think that as people who want to be you know evidence-based practitioners in this industry we need to put out the right information and try and smack down the wrong information as nicely as possible um because you know i don't want to attack anyone personally regardless of like whether you do like the person or not i don't think that people should be like individually targeted and said you are a fuckhead like no <laughs> like if you yeah. think it that's cool but um yeah it's probably better to just say this particular thing is incorrect please don't follow this yeah um you know regardless of if an influencer is telling you to do this this is not the right way you know and it's just i actually um, embrace it, that too like is it, when our our podcast shorts go up or my own posts or whatever like if you don't agree like let's have a conversation but let's have a conversation about the thing that we're talking about yeah. um not like yeah. it's so quick i had one during the week that was like um talking about a deadlift that we posted and it's like, oh, that's not even a thing. I'm like, oh, okay. These, and it just straight away within one message went to like, oh, well, I've been competing for eight years and my boyfriend's been competing for 10 and he's a national level athlete and stuff. I'm like, that's cool. What, what's that got to do with yeah. this issue? Let's have a discussion about around the the topic that you're raising because I'm, I'm 100% down. Yeah. If what I've posted is wrong or incorrect in any way, I want to know and I want to know why. And if I, I still kind of back myself as to why, then let's have some dialogue and maybe we can kind of come to some common ground on it. Don't just like straight away, either. the biggest ones like um, questioning your credentials or like um, trying to prove that your credentials are superior in some way um, is the one I see the most or it's just straight into like, well, you're a dickhead. It's like, well, <laughs> Yeah. Are we going to talk about the what's been written and what we're discussing or are we going to talk about um, each other? Yeah, I mean, if I put out a, a caption that is factually incorrect, I would love for someone to be like, hey, this is actually incorrect. And I'd be like, cool, I better go and research this a little bit better. Like, thank you, I appreciate it. I'm probably not going to love it <laughs> for someone to criticise me, but it's like, you know, this is how we become better. And I think, you know, it's good that um, the industry is 
calling out more more of the bullshit now. Um, I think, you know, people can sometimes call it out in really mean ways. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, you know, it's also funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like James Smith, for example. Yeah. He gets really savage, but also it's really entertaining. But I'm yeah. also like, oh, dude, just like just don't don't be so mean. Yeah. Um, James and Lane you know, are it's, definitely it's, leading the front there. Yes, they're the two. <laughs> just like get popcorn. Have you guys seen Lane's um, new series where it's like the worst offending celebrities on science, the top five? Yeah. Have you no, seen that? Oh, he's so mean, mean, but it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, so, and I feel bad for, like, using that as entertainment. I'm like, yeah. oh, but that's a real person yeah. on the other end, you know. So I think I think as people in the industry, it is important for us to be leaders when we are, you know, properly qualified to not call out people but to call out bad practices mm-hmm. and to say, hey, this salary juice thing, you don't need to do it, you know. Hey, the whatever this fat is actually doesn't work hey this fat burner that everyone is telling you is magical like here are the reasons why and here's the evidence behind it um you know because for the consumers and for our followers and for the people that we are here to genuinely help um you know it doesn't help them to have incorrect information or confusing conflicting information there's so many different angles of health and fitness on instagram and it really just depends on who you choose to follow as to the way you think things should be, you know. Um, so the more that people are getting educated, um, it's a great thing. And I think people now that dodgy practices are getting called out more, I think it's a good thing because it means that people that are uneducated or that are just spitting bullshit, they're less inclined to do that because they hopefully will realise that they're going to get caught out and that they're, you know, someone's going to call them out if they're doing something dodgy. So hopefully that means a better fitness industry in the future now that people are kind of catching on. Yeah. I'm curious. I started in the industry about the same time as you, like 2011, 2012. Do you think Mm -hmm. we're winning? Um, Like as a whole, I I have this kind of like inability to understand because I feel like as I've gotten better as a coach, I just – I operate in better circles with better coaches and get better education and attract better clients. So I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if like, it's just the circles that I'm now part of the standards better or the industry itself is actually lifted. Like is, is the, the average gone up? Do you think since like 2011, 12 when, um, yeah, I mean, I probably feel a little bit the same as you. Like, I'm definitely more aware of, like, more of the good coaches and more of the factual people because that's who I choose to follow now. Um, but I, I definitely have seen a shift in um, a lot of people's approach. Um, I think that obviously now with, like, the self-love, body positivity movement, um, I don't know if that's just because that's who I'm choosing to follow now, but I feel like I'm definitely seeing less disordered habits on Instagram, not obviously none, but I'm feeling like there are more people that are embracing a healthier way to do things. Um, There are more people getting certified with the ISSN for their sports nutrition specialist qualification in Australia. So there's a lot of people that previously were like writing meal plans that weren't qualified to do any of that. And now people are being educated. Um, So I definitely think there has been a slight positive shift. Um, And I think that, the thinspo 
kind of thing is well and truly dead um, or at least pretty minimal now, whereas, you know, a few years ago, Thinspo was the thing. It wasn't Fitspo. It was Thinspo. It was on Tumblr, skinny, rake thin girls, um, and everyone wanted to be that thin. And now fitness has, you know, been more of the aesthetic. Um, So it went from Thinspo to very lean Fitspo to now I think we are merging to a more healthy kind of inspiration where it's, you know, people living their best life, their most active life, but they're not necessarily as shredded. Um, They're still definitely, you know, a little from each column, but I think for the most part I see a positive shift in the industry. I don't know if that is just because of the people that I'm choosing to follow or the people that I'm surrounding myself with, but from what I've noticed, I definitely I feel better about the direction that the industry is heading in particularly probably in the last like six to 12 months where there's um, less of an obsession with leanness and more of a, a, a direction of balance and of, you know, educated choices. Yeah. I'm really excited. Maybe that's just wishful thinking, but <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, I'm actually really excited for obviously Arnold classics here in Melbourne uh, next weekend. And mm-hmm. like, I think last year you could probably comfortably say that the powerlifting attendance was superior to the bodybuilding um and interesting yeah and for mine like i don't know jace isn't here so we'll rag on on bodybuilding (laughs) for mine it's like that's not that necessarily you have to compete or anything like that but i think that um the drive to want to go and see people perform is so has such a better message than going to see people look shredded and feel fucking horrible. Yeah. I mean, I hope that the fad of competing dies down a little bit. I believe in the true sport of bodybuilding competitions, but I don't believe in the fad of everyone thinking that they can get on stage and that it's healthy and that, you know, I think people don't take it seriously enough and then they get stuck in those like crazy ways of doing things. And so, yeah, it's great that, you know, people are getting more into other forms of health and fitness. I think it's just for a while there, you know, like bodybuilding shows became such a trend because that's just the way that people were showcasing their journeys and um, it just kind of caught on. Um, But it's, yeah, it's nice to see. I think there's been more of a shift and there's, I've noticed a shift in the clients that I attract. And I don't know if that's just because I've changed as a person um, and as a coach, but I definitely, you know, I get way less inquiries about comp prep now. I don't get those kind of um, clients that want to be really shredded. Um, I don't tend to attract girls who are already super lean that want to be leaner. Um, it's more, yeah, like I've noticed that that's kind of what is coming to me. So I'm hoping that that is like a, worldwide positive direction that we're getting in hopefully it's funny i've said this on the podcast before um and as much as when it was around and it first broke i just ragged on it hard because it was just applied incorrectly i feel like we have a lot to thank crossfit for i think that was the first movement that started to focus on performance like we had circuit stuff before that and we had group classes and we had boot camps, but it was like the outcome was still focused on being skinny or being small. Yeah. And it was like CrossFit yeah. broke. 
the issue that I think happened was the course was too easy, became too popular. Coaches that probably shouldn't be teaching it were teaching it and people got hurt. And that's why as an industry, yeah. everyone just went, CrossFit's dumb, you're all idiots sort of thing. Um, yeah. But when it's, when it's done properly, it's like, well, you should be, everything is great. Like feed yourself to perform, lift more like progressively overweight to increase, increase performance, increase flexibility, increase mobility. It's like, they're all great targets to be um, looking towards. And then I think um, obviously looking through a, a, a power lifters, I don't know if I can even call myself that, but I've competed now, so I can, right? Um, <laughs> looking through a power lifters lens, it's like, I feel like a lot of the girls that maybe got involved with CrossFit early or were attracted to the way the CrossFit girls looked because they look unreal, um, yeah. but they have a training performance outcome mm -hmm. are now starting to move into strength sports like Olympic lifting and primarily powerlifting because it's less likely, there's, it's less complicated, um, it's less expensive and you're less likely to get hurt and it's become more popular off the back end of that which is kind of tying into this. So let's have strength goals. Let's have, mm. so we have more people that if you walked into the gym that six years ago would have been like, oh, well, that's a power lifter just because they were doing the squat bench and deadlift. Now it's like, well, everyone does that. Yeah. Everyone wants to get stronger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think it's nice that people are not just training for aesthetics anymore. I mean, not everyone, but I think, yeah, it's, there's still a lot of shit out there, but... <laughs> I feel that it is going slowly in a more positive direction um, through like some of the bigger influencers that are putting a better message out there that are educating people better, you know, like James Smith PT, um, you know, Brett Contreras and Sohi Lee have a really great message of, you know, about being stronger and not caring as much about aesthetics, um, you know, and some of like more body positive influences and stuff like that. So I think, um, it does really depend, though, on, like, who you follow, but there are way more positive, um, informative people out there now, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that the industry continues in that direction. Yeah. So I know you had questions as well, so I'm just going to let you fire those away. Um, we've sort of answered it a little bit, but Sammy, I was going to ask, how has your coaching shifted with your shift? So when you first started pre, or were you coaching um, before you started competing? No. Okay. I had my certifications, but I wasn't yeah. doing online coaching yeah. then. Um, I was just doing boot camps yeah. and stuff. Um, I guess the question is, but how yeah, has I it started... changed, how's it changed since then to now? Um, aside from being a lot more educated and doing things a lot more efficiently, um, yeah, I, I, my coaching style has improved just from like my processes and more education. But um, in terms of the way that I coach my clients, I think um, where I'm at in terms of like mindset and being more balanced and all of that, like I definitely impart more of that onto my clients now. I really do prioritize um, all of the lifestyle factors. So, um, they have a, a spreadsheet that they send to me each week where they rate out of 10 um, certain things about how they performed, how they feel, um, how their sleep is, how much water are they drinking, how much fiber are they having, um, and, like, an opportunity to chat through, like, how just how are you feeling? Um, yeah. Those are things that I didn't always used to do. I did initially start with just really focusing on the results um, because that's just what I – was always doing for myself you know I, I 
kind of measured the success of a client on, you know, they came to me to lose weight. How much weight did they lose? Um, and I, I have always wanted to do things in the healthiest way possible, but I, I never really um, stopped to think about all those lifestyle factors until probably the last like two or so years where I'm like, hold on, you know, things have changed for me. Um, you know, it's not all about the weight loss. There's so many other ways that I can coach these clients to be better in their entire life, um, you know, that will help their health and fitness journey. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm much more focused on the lifestyle factors and the mindset stuff um, and making sure that, you know, we're celebrating those small wins and all that stuff. I guess I always kind of did it to some degree, but I just I have a lot more yeah. steps in place now to um, have the clients as well recognizing the other areas that they are excelling in or other areas of improvement that will lead them towards their, you know, fat loss goal or whatever their physical goal is. Um, and, yeah, I'm definitely doing a lot um, more around, like, relationships with food and stuff like that is also another area, I guess, that I'm kind of delving into a little bit better with my clients. Um, I have some clients that I don't want them to weigh themselves because it's a little bit triggering. Um, so I've just become a lot more balanced, I guess, in my approach and definitely a lot more individualized in terms of, like, how I actually coach each client. Um yeah, like some clients, I'm like, nope, we're not going to do this part of the coaching. You're not going to weigh yourself or measure yourself. We're going to just go off how you feel. Or for certain clients, it's like, I actually don't want you to track this week. I want to give you an exercise on balance and I want you to just make the best choices possible. And I want you to just tell me how you feel after, you know, at the end of each night, like what choices did you make? How did you feel about it? Let's try and eliminate the guilt that you're having around food. Um, and like giving them positive reassurance that, okay, cool. You had one piece of cake, but you stopped at one piece of cake that's great yeah. you're doing really well um so just all of that kind of stuff that like I never really tackled the mindset side of people's journey as much as I do now um and it's definitely something that I want to continue um to expand on I'm actually doing um a diploma in counseling um which I've recently started um because I really want to get more into that mindset aspect and not counseling on like life issues and stuff like that. Um, I still want to tie it into health and fitness and have it as an extension of my coaching. Um, but I'd really like to get more into um, like management techniques around, you know, improving people's eating habits and all that kind of thing um, from, yeah, from a more like supportive environment. Yeah. And I know you've got um, a mindset challenge, a free mindset challenge was, was that, born yeah. out of, was that born out of all of that? So do you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, pretty much. Um, I put that together because they were some things that when I was gaining weight, um, I was really struggling with my identity and with, like, who am I now that I'm not competing? You know, why is anyone getting give a shit about me on social media? And I really had to do a lot of soul searching around that time being like, there's got to be something good about me to, you know, if I hate my body right now, there's got to be something that I like, you know, to just try and like kind of distract myself from the way that I was feeling about my body while I was gaining weight. Um, and so I just like Googled a lot of things to help my mindset. It was just like little tasks, um, little self-development things, uh, like positive affirmations and writing lists on like things that I liked about myself that, you know, had nothing to do with my body, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I found that it really helps and some of it was a little bit hippy dippy and it wasn't really my style, but I, I 
found it challenging for that reason, but I found it really helpful and really enlightening. Um, so I kind of thought maybe there was like not so much a market for it is the wrong word because I'm not selling it, but um, I thought there was definitely people that would probably be in the same kind of way that I was feeling that would benefit from these tasks. So I sat down and I, I wrote out a little 28-day mindset makeover challenge. Um, and it's not really like – it's kind of about body positivity, but it's not. It's, it's about mindset as a whole and focusing on the best parts of you to be happier and more confident. Um, so it's just like 28 days of little tasks, um, little bits of self-development to reflect on like how can you be the best person you can be aside from how you look and aside from any of that stuff. Like what are the things that are great about you? What are the things that you want to improve on? Like how can you be your happiest healthiest you um so yeah that's on my website for anyone that wants to um have a look it's completely a free download the link is in my instagram bio um but i've had probably close to a thousand people now have done that um which is yeah yeah, which is huge um like tuesday and i don't even really like publicize it or anything anymore it just sits there on my website um but probably like almost every day someone new downloads it um, without me even talking about it. So I think it's a really great resource. I've had a lot of people actually message me and thank me for writing it and saying like, fuck, that was so hard to actually sit down. You know, one of the tasks um, is like write down like 50 things that you love about yourself or love about your life. I think it is. Um, So it could be, you know, things about you, but it could just be like tiny little things. Like I love, that my bedroom is painted purple or you know like things that you like take joy in in your life that you maybe um underestimate like take advantage of and stuff like that um and people like shit I didn't think I could do that like I was feeling really shitty about my life you know I was hating on things and I realized I've got so many freaking things to be grateful for um so it's just like little stuff like that that seems really silly on its own but when you do that entire 28 days worth of tasks um, you know, some are really personal and some are just really lighthearted. Like there's a day where it's like do um, three random acts of kindness, like go, you know, pay for the next person's coffee in line. And it's just like a really heartwarming thing that makes you be like, fuck, I'm a good person. Like I just did all these yeah. nice things. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of a mixture, but that um, were, they were things that I found like helped me find myself and find my new identity Um after competing and being like, you know what, I don't really have the world's best body, but I want to be the best person that I can be. I want to be confident. I, I want to find all the things that I love about myself and that obviously other people, you know, there's people that love things about me. Like I need to feel that too. Um, so, yeah, it's been really good. I think it's it's helped a lot of people. So it's really nice. And I'm glad that, you know, I, I didn't feel right to put a price on it. So I, I just wanted to do it for free to just help people. Um, and I'm really glad that it has it's made me really proud to be able to help people like that that's awesome that's cool cool well good yep. awesome um yeah we might wrap it up there so you mentioned like to find that was on your instagram so just the all the places that people can go to find you um find out yeah. more of your stuff um so my Instagram is Sammy Rose Fitness um, and the link to my website is actually in my Instagram bio. It's just sammyrosefitness.com. Um, and yeah, pretty much everything you will find on there. There's links to um, my coaching programs and my upcoming improvement projects and then my online store where I have 
training programs, um, a guide to flexible dieting, a recipe ebook, and then obviously the mindset makeover, which is the free download. So yeah. um, everything is kind of through my Instagram there. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I have noticed there's a lot of featuring Sammy Rose on the podcast space as well. So um, I think if you just search your name, you probably find quite a few of those as well. Um, if the people want of me being on other people, yeah, yeah, I feel like you've been on. Yeah, a I've been on a. Yeah, I've been on a few. I think I've put most of them. I need to update it actually because I just went on a new one the other day. Um, but yeah, through um, I've got a story highlight that has um media and it's got like a few links, like articles about me and like different podcasts that I've been involved in. If anyone wants to um have a listen to any of those, and I will definitely link this one as well for people to find it. Awesome. That's great. So thanks so much for um, obviously tuning in. I have no idea what time it actually is where you are. Um, let's have a look. It is 8.53. Wow, we've yeah. been talking for a really long time. That's like an hour and a half. We do More that. than an hour and a half. Uh, nearly, um, nearly 9 p.m. here in New York, but this is like early for New York time. Yeah. People don't even have dinner by 9 p.m. here. It's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll let you enjoy the snow. Um, I'm super jealous. Thank uh, you. <laughs> um, I'll keep tuning into your story and living vicariously through you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'll make sure I post some fun things for you then. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Awesome, Sammy. Thanks, Thanks so much Sammy. for coming on. Um, and Thank we'll you guys soon. for having me. That was a blast. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Bye.